Hey everyone, Dr. Pat and I would personally like to invite you to join us in our Grow My Baby program. This is week-by-week pregnancy and birth information developed from our experience of helping more than 4,000 women grow and birth their babies. All our links are on our website, growmybaby.com.au. If you're trying to get pregnant or you are pregnant and you feel a little bit overwhelmed by all you need to know, then this is the right podcast for you. Welcome to the show. I'm Bridget Maloney. And I'm obstetrician Dr. Patrick Maloney. And this is The Kick your expert-led podcast that delivers the essentials of growing a baby. Make sure you head to our website, growmybaby.com.au, to get some awesome free tools like our Pregnancy Knowledge Checker to help you feel like you got this. Well, welcome everyone. This is episode 49 and the topic we want to cover today is a request from one of our followers on Instagram. So it came through as a DM. But before we go on to that, I just want to talk about our podcast reviews. Now, you can't really review it anywhere else but iTunes. So this is from iTunes and we love our reviews because it not only is, A, motivating for us, but it helps to push our podcast out to lots of other listeners. So thank you to all of you who have already given us a review. And I want to go ahead and talk about this review from Amesy1. So Amesy says, all I can say is wow and thank you. I have listened to a few podcasts around conception and pregnancy, but your podcast is the first I have absolutely loved and could not get enough of. I have listened to all 50 eps in under two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Go, Amesy. At work, in the car, the gym. The content is very informing, but it's delivered at a level that isn't hard to understand. I feel very prepared and informed going into my journey of becoming mum. Excellent. Thank you, Dr. Pat and Mama Bridget, for sharing your knowledge and giving your audience the best tools and knowledge for their journeys. Brilliant. That's such a great review, isn't it? That is fantastic. Yeah. All right. We also got this one. Hi, guys. Love your podcast. Hoping to ask a question. You might be able to answer on the pod. So here we are. We are. I'm interested in your thoughts on determining the sex of your baby. If any of the tales you read online hold any water, I'm lucky enough to be pregnant with my second, and while I'm stoked to be having him, I do let my mind wander to a potential third with the hope of a girl might still be in my future. Yeah, and this isn't the first time that we've received a question like this, so we thought, well, let's do it, let's dive in, but it's probably important to talk first that we're talking about the most general understanding of what sex is and how it's defined. It's nothing to do about gender or gender identity no, That's we're really talking the... about chromosomal sex. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. So, Pat, what do you think? Well, the simple answer is it can't be done. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, I, I think <laughs> that this, doesn't um, make very good listening. <laughs> I think this is part of human nature, isn't it? Uh, couples might, you know, not mind which um, sex of baby they have first. Then they might want the other one for the next baby. I think maybe they're looking for balance or broadening their parenting experience to parenting of both sexes. All right, so I, you know, we get that. We we get even why people are asking that question. We're a family of four boys, and it's a question we asked ourselves. So let's sort of talk about it because I've heard you say it so many times that each new pregnancy is just about a toss of a coin every time which sex you have. Yeah, pretty much it is. And so people often want to know: is there anything in these stories that you might read online or around the place about? about whether you can influence the odds one way or the other. Yeah, let's talk about those because they're kind of fun, some of them, like um, uh, what position you have sex in. Is that like man on top, facing north? I've, I've uh, sort of yeah, forgotten I there. I don't <laughs> think the, the sperms know 
what position <laughs> you're in. Up? Okay. So I don't, I don't think there's anything much in that. You know, there's a an ancient Chinese, you know, a numerical way of predicting. Oh, right. And it's lots of fun with lots of great – it just doesn't work. Okay. Um, so it, no, better than, no better than random chance, unfortunately. Mm, right. And we know that a lot of times people sort of say, well, we did this and we got – pregnant and therefore that must be the case but that's really yeah. just using like a confirmation yeah, bias it's just isn't an it? old fashioned confirmation bias we're we're very good at congratulating ourselves when we do something that um works yeah and ignoring the results when we do something that doesn't work yeah so it's easy to fool ourselves that the intervention caused the outcome and i've probably done it myself too where you go, okay, so in our family the pattern seems to be that there's a girl and then there's a boy and then I'm having my third, uh, so therefore it must be a girl, you know. But that's a pattern bias. Yeah, that's another one that we're um, susceptible to as human beings. We look for patterns when they're not there and um, if there seems to be that, that's probably not explained by anything other than, than chance alone. Yeah. All right, so what what do we know? What I mean, there's a couple of methods that have been talked about. So there might be a little bit of merit in the idea that the sperm's carrying an X chromosome and the sperm's carrying a Y chromosome, they might behave differently. And it's been suggested from some old research from the 1960s, this is something called the Shettles method, which you can look up, that the sperm's carrying the Y chromosomes that will be boys, they might swim faster and die sooner. So the, the theory went, and Dr. Shettle made a whole book out of it, that if you timed intercourse as close as possible to ovulation, then the Y-carrying sperms would reach the egg fastest and they would achieve the fertilisation. And the Xs would be lagging behind and therefore the Ys win the race and, and you're more likely to have a boy. And if you're trying for a girl, you would try and time intercourse for two or three days before ovulation and by the time some uh, sperm got to the egg, uh, the Y ones might might have uh, died off and the, only the Xs were left. Can we just back up a little bit because we've talked about X and Y chromosomes. Yeah. So let's explain that first. So all of the eggs produced by a woman have got a X chromosome within them and um, the sperms have either got an X or a Y, pretty much 50-50. And um, if a sperm carrying an X chromosome meets up with the egg with the X, then you've got two X's, which is female. And if a Y chromosome meets up with the egg, then you've got an X and a Y, and that's a male. Perfect. So um, does it work, this method? Yeah. The answer is not really. Um, there's a lot of inconsistent data about whether it works or not. And I guess if it worked as well as the original authors thought that it might, then the evidence would look much better than it does in proper trials. And one of the reasons, obviously, it's been quite hard to assess how well it really works is that it's pretty hard for ordinary people at their house to know exactly when the ovulation is happening anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So the timing it with the necessary precision is going to be really hard. I mean, you're testing for when ovulation is likely to occur, but like we don't really know when ovulation actually occurs. So no, it's... so even if you've got a spot-on 28-day cycle that's 28 days every single month, ovulation is likely to be on four, day 14, but it's hard to be precise enough about exactly when on day 14 or is it just into day 15 for this method to be as precise as possible. Even if you use ovulation predictor kits, you know those predictor kits that urine dipstick for when you're going to ovulate. We talk about them indicating ovulation, but they don't really. They really measure the LH surge, which is the hormone from your brain that tells the ovary to ovulate. And that's typically a day before. So when the LH test turns positive and you get the smiley face, that means you're going to ovulate the next day, but exactly when the next day. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. But I suppose a really super motivated couple, could they do it? Yeah, they could. You know, back in the very early days of IVF before they worked out how to do super ovulation, so how to make a woman make, you know, 12, 13, 15 eggs in one month instead of one, they used to have to try and do IVF just one egg at a time. Right. Wow. This was back when it was kind of experimental. And they would have the woman in hospital and they'd be doing and they'd be doing blood tests for LH surges and they'd be doing ultrasounds. And by doing serial ultrasounds multiple in one day, they could eventually oh, yeah. pick the egg when it had got really, really big, just about to ovulate, and then they used to go around to an operating theatre and try and get that one egg out of the ovary. So in a kind of laboratory setting like that, you could pick ovulation very precisely. But at your home, I don't think so. Yeah. Could we have done that with our fancy ultrasound and uh, actually someone who knew well, how to use that yeah. ultrasound? We, we <laughs> Is own, it too late? <laughs> we own three ultrasound machines and not even we bothered. So. <laughs> For anyone wanting to extend their knowledge and bring some calm and confidence into growing your baby, we invite you to our free masterclass. In this hour of power, we talk about the most common mistakes we all make when we are growing a baby and why these mistakes can cause unnecessary overwhelm. In our clinic, we have helped thousands of women have their babies and we want to share the knowledge with you that we've gained so you can feel supported, reassured, calm and confident. If this is you, in this episode link in Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, you'll find a link to the masterclass. Jump on it and choose a time that suits you. If you can't find the link, send us an email at info at growmybaby.com.au or as a DM in Instagram. We are here to help you level up your knowledge. Now back to the show. So really, Pat, what does work? Well, the one thing that actually works is to choose the sex through IVF technology. So you have an IVF cycle, you make a bunch of embryos, you take a, a little cell off the embryo after a few days and test it and find out whether it's male or female and only put back in the embryos of the sex that you want. Oh, now that's not legal in Australia. It is it? not legal in Australia. So uh, you can go overseas to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very expensive, time-consuming. I guess it raises some ethical problems for some people, distribution of resources, the legitimacy of doing that. And there are some cases in Australia where it is legal, though. You can do it to exclude genetic conditions in your family that only affect one sex. So, for example, muscular dystrophy. Now, that's a disease that affects boys, so you could, uh, Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, so you could um, have an IVF cycle so you only had girls. And that's, that's legal and, and common practice, and you don't have to be infertile, obviously. You can just use the technology to get the sex that you want. But just for picking the sex, it's not legal to do that. It is in other countries, and you can go and get it done there. Yeah. I did read an article on that and uh, the woman said that she spent upwards of about $20,000 just for the IVF procedure, but then on top of it is the, you know, the travel to the country, the accommodation and, you know, the chance that potentially it may or may not work. It might not work, that's yeah. right. You probably won't get the sex that you aren't looking for, yes. you know what I mean? It, like it, it, it works in that sense, but you may just not get pregnant from the cycle at all. And if you had to keep going back to wherever you were going for frozen embryo transfers, if it didn't work the first go, then I guess it would be increasingly expensive. Yeah. And some people are troubled by the ethical considerations about doing this. I, I don't really agree. I think it's people's own business, uh, what they do. Yeah, I don't think in our community that this would be a problem. You could limit the use of it to balancing up the sexes within your family. 
So if you wanted to choose a girl, then that would be open to somebody who already had two boys, for example. But it wouldn't be open to someone for their first baby. And I think just as many people would be looking to have a girl as would be looking to have a boy. So the overall effect, I don't think, would change the sex balance in the community one way or the other. Yeah, I think the big thing is like, you know, if this is something that you've thought about and and something that's impacting, you know, how you're parenting or whatever, then that's choice is yours. Yours, you know, community or society having an, an opinion on that, I don't know whether there's any place for that. No, I think it's probably people's private business. Yeah. All right. So I want to go back to some of the myths. Hmm. So I really want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, Pat. Um, <laughs> so there's there's lots of single-sex families around. Disagree? Agree? I don't think so. I don't think more than chance would allow for. So I, you'd say that. It's, it's like an observation bias, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. If you buy a green car, then you notice all the green cars on the road. Yes. Now, I know also with the Shettles method, they sort of talk about changing the pH levels of the vagina. Yes. So there's the pure Shettles method, which is what we talked about before, about timing of ovulation. But then they later said that if you looked at this vaginal pH method and then you did them both together, Mm -hmm. it increased the success rate. So the idea of the vaginal pH is that around the vaginal opening, the pH of the vagina is less than up the top. So it's more acidy around the vaginal opening. And it's thought that sperms ejaculated near the opening, the acid wouldn't be that good for the relatively delicate Y-carrying sperms and the tougher X-carrying sperms would be able to go on in greater numbers. So using that method, deep vaginal ejaculation for boys and superficial vaginal ejaculation for girls. And I did sort of read too about helping change the sort of acidity, alkalinity of the vagina with douches. Yeah, that's just not good for you. No. Yeah. Really mucks with your biome. More harm than good, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, someone who's really motivated, they might try all those things. Yeah. And the likelihood of them actually having a sex of a baby that they were trying to impact? Yeah, well, the data suggests the two methods combined are better than chance alone, but probably not worth your trouble. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound like a lot of trouble. You've got to yep. wait for the time, the particular time of the month. You've got to have that particular position of sex and, and the alkalinity or acidity of your vagina. Yeah. So I think you just try and you have fun trying. And as the kids would say, you... Get what you get and don't get upset. <laughs> you get what you get and don't, don't get upset. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm going to say that there was probably a touch of disappointment for me when we had our fourth boy, but we wouldn't send him back. No, we wouldn't send him back. Apart from being you know, technically difficult, That we're all, we would miss him. Yes, yeah. he's just gorgeous. And I think that once you've got this dependent, adorable boy in your arms... For me, I just knew it was right and um, any disappointment over his sex was fleeting and I do also acknowledge that that was just for me and it's not, say, for everybody. You know, there are people that have sex disappointment that goes on into their parenting. Yes. So for those people, it's not just a passing thing like it was for us. This is a real thing. Some people don't quite get over not having the family that they imagined. Yeah. And I think... The answer there is to really seek out some professional help with a counsellor or a psychologist Mm. to look into some of the reasons where that disappointment may have come from. That is probably a more fruitful place to look than 
endlessly trying methods that don't work to try and have the sex balance that you're looking for. You may have feelings of guilt about that. Like I, I know that you might think, oh, well, you know, there's some people that can't have a baby at all. What about someone who has had a term stillbirth or a child with special needs and a lifetime of disability? Yeah. It's not that, is it? Well, no, I, I don't think we need to necessarily, you know, compare our lot in life to others like that. I think that we just say, well, this is uh, this is something that I'm feeling. If I'm feeling very disappointed about the sex of my baby or of having three in a row of the same sex and I'm finding that something that's hard to psychologically adjust to, then I'll get some help. Yeah, just get some help and, um, you know, work out how to start loving your baby and, and loving the cards you're dealt. The cards you're dealt, that's yeah. right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope that's been useful. I'm not sure it hasn't been a definitive, like, this is how you get your girl or this is how you get your boy. Well, it's been definitive. You can't really do it. (laughs) You can't really do it. So thank you for listening. Now, if you like our podcast, this is free content that we put out for you to learn from and hopefully put you on a path where you feel calm and confident in growing your baby. Now, in return, we ask that you jump into iTunes and give us a review, hopefully five stars, of course, (laughs) and that would be very much appreciated and it helps to push it out to more people around the world. Keep well, everyone. See you now. See you next time.